So welcome to another episode of Let's Chat With. Today we've got Cassandra, the songstress of magic. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm good. So let's get into this. So how did you get started in magic? So I had actually just graduated a music conservatory. I was about 23 years old. Um, and at the time, I hadn't really been exposed to magic before. So I had gone to see one of my very first magic shows. And I was completely blown away by it. And I thought to myself, this is so cool. How did I not know more about magic? And I found myself, that's my dog, Charlie, saying hello. Um, I found myself being more and more intrigued by magic. I started doing research, watching videos, reading books. And that's when I got the idea to take what I knew as a musician, having studied classical music and opera in college uh, at conservatory, and combine that with the knowledge that I was getting of magic um, to make something that was a little bit different and kind of a theatrical spin on some uh, magic that I really thought was very, very inspiring. So you, besides doing stage shows that you do, you also do close-up magic. What is that like? So I started performing, close-up magic was actually my first job. I started performing close-up magic at a restaurant in Manhattan called Ninja New York. Uh, it recently closed during the pandemic, unfortunately, but at the time it was a very, very cool place. It was an underground ninja village in Tribeca, and I would go in and I would dress up like a ninja, and I would go around to people's tables and I would perform close-ups, and it was really an amazing learning experience because every night I would be working about 100 plus tables performing magic. And so that really got my chops up. It really got me learning about sleight of hand. And then I grew that and started working corporate events and private events, doing walk around magic. I even got to do a really cool one at the Natural History Museum and a lot of cool places around Manhattan. So it really taught me a lot about magic and being able to really do magic, not just far away and in a theatrical way, but up close and relating to people and watching them be amazed by it happening in their own hands. You perform for celebrities, past presidents and others. What was that like? It's very cool and sometimes a little intimidating because you have to walk up to these people and you know in your head that there's somebody that's exciting and you might have seen on TV. And so you have to go up there and be confident and know that they're just like you. Um, but in general, it's been amazing because they react to magic. They're not as, uh, what's the word, exposed to magic as some other people. Like for instance, I performed for a band that's really popular right now um, at their home doing close-up magic and getting their reactions and seeing their faces so close up and seeing them enjoy it even though I was a little scared at first to get into it, it makes you calm, it makes you excited, and it makes them happy. It was some of the most incredible experiences I've had. For you, what makes magic awesome? Oh, that is a big question. Um, there's so much about magic that's awesome. One of the things that I really love about magic as a performer is that as I get to do magic, I really get to work on defining who I am as a performer. And what that means is every time I go on stage, I learn a little bit more about myself and what I'm portraying to the audience as myself. Um, I was actually speaking to another magician recently who I, I admire a lot. And she was saying, 
that in the same way, you never really know who you are. People will say, oh, I really, I, I understand myself as a magician, but you never really know who you are um, as a magician. It takes years and years and years. And so that's one of the really cool things is magic has helped me continue to grow and find myself not just as a performer, but as myself. I also find that it is amazing because it connects people all over the world. I could not speak a word, but do a magic trick and it would connect people from Spain, from China, from Japan. I performed in these places. And so I've had that opportunity to amaze people and connect people through a universal language with this magic. And you get to be a kid and you get to make the things that you love and you always imagined you might want to do, like bend something with your mind or make snow appear on stage, happen at your fingertips and get to share that joy of sharing a magical moment with people. And that's such a rare experience that most people don't get to do in their everyday life. In parts of your show, you do some singing. When did your fascination with singing start? I started singing very young. Um, I always wanted to sing. I think I was told that about three years old, I was walking around with headphones in my house and singing. Um, and then when I was in high school, I was doing plays and performing all over. I've been involved in theater since I was about five years old and on. And then finally, um, I went to two music conservatories, um, two very well-known, um, actually probably some of the top conservatories in the country. I went to Mannes College of Music, which is um, one of the top three schools in Manhattan, along with Juilliard and Manhattan School of Music. Um, and then I went to Westminster Choir College in Princeton, New Jersey. And so I got to perform at these places. I got to develop my voice. And that was something that meant a lot to me. Music inspires me. Um, and that's something that I use in magic because I'll listen to a song and I'll hear the lyrics and they will inspire a story within me. And then I'll use those lyrics to inspire the effects that I then bring in to uh, my performances. So what is your vocal range? I have a pretty uh, pretty good vocal range. I'd say it's about, I sing up to about a high E flat, which is um, if you listen to like the Queen of the Night aria, which is Mozart's really, really high thing, I can sing up to that. And then low, lower than middle C, like probably, uh, a, not to the next the after that, but like a little before. So my, my range is pretty pretty long because I'm a soprano. So I uh, can sing very, very high. Many magicians talk about many forms of misdirection in their shows. Do you consider your form of singing a misdirection? That's a really good question. Um, people do ask me that. They ask me if it's misdirection. And in a way, I think it might be misdirection because people are focusing on the singing, but more I use it as an accompaniment. Um, because like if you're doing, let's say a silent magic routine, for instance, uh, if you watch somebody like Jeff McBride, who might be doing a silent magic routine and he has music playing behind him, that's what I'm doing, except I'm adding my own voice instead of just using music. So while it might be misdirection, it's more intended as an accompaniment so that they all kind of um, complement each other. Is the person in the audience see you or a representation of yourself on stage? So it is a version of me. I don't play a character, um, but I am playing a heightened version of myself. 
I am uh, by nature a very um, sparkly, glamorous, uh, kind of princessy person. And so I play that up on stage. I'm very into old Hollywood glamour. I'm very into uh, a bit of regalness. And so I bring that, but I'm also a little bit quirky and silly. And so I combine like this elegance with a little bit of silliness. And that's kind of what you're getting when you watch me perform. Over the last decade or so, more and more women have joined the world of magic. Why do you think that's been happening? I think that it's been happening because we're finally getting representation. Um, I think that a lot of people ask why there aren't more women in magic. And I know for me as a young girl, I generally gravitated towards things and, and people that I saw on television and that I wanted to emulate. Um, for instance, I was uh, as a younger, you know, in my college years, I was like very into Lady Gaga and I wanted to be like Lady Gaga. Um, so that's something I looked up to and wanted to be like. Um, when I saw Tina Leonard perform and I got the experience to see another female magician, that was one of those moments that cemented for me that that is something I wanted to do. Now that's not to say that other male magicians haven't inspired me as well, but I think being able to see another woman in front of you can kind of help you to know that this is something that's possible. You've also you performed at Carnegie Hall and even Lincoln Center. How did that come about and what was it like for you? Um, it was an incredible experience. This was actually somewhere where I got to uh, sing with uh, the New York Philharmonic and the Berlin Radio Symphony Orchestra. Um, it was one of the wildest experiences of my life, just being in front of a giant orchestra and singing in front of hundreds of people. Um, I got to do it very young when I was in my 20s, and it was definitely one of the best experiences I've ever had, and I hope that I get to return someday. And also with singing, you got to perform in several off-Broadway shows. Tell me about that. Yes, so I've had a lot of experience performing off-Broadway. I have performed in one of my own shows that was off-Broadway at Dixon's Place, which was a lot of fun, and that was my own magic show. Um, I've also performed in actual plays, as, uh, for instance, I did a, uh, a version of The Midsummer Night's Dream that was reviewed by The New York Times, uh, which was very magical. And so that was some, a really fantastic experience, as well as different variety magic shows throughout the city. Um, for instance, The Wonder Show uh, was one of those, which is a fantastic show that will be coming back to New York very soon. Um, and so that was really, really exciting. Um, and the thing with Off-Broadway is it's still a smaller stage. By, you know, um, standards of magicians, it might be technically considered a, a small theater performance to maybe even parlor sometimes because that's how small New York theaters are. But what's so cool about that is it really teaches you how to be up close and personal while still being on stage. And in fact, it's informed a lot of my magic because a lot of my magic is actually stuff that packs small and plays big. And that's something I learned when I eventually transitioned to cruise ships too, which made my life really a lot easier. I'd say, although I love, you know, big, big magic. I just know that as a New Yorker, I can't necessarily be carrying a zigzag illusion on my back. So it taught me how to get around that 
and to learn how to make my magic uh, something manageable in a city like this. So what's it like going from the Broadway show to like doing something on a cruise ship? So it's a very different audience. Um, when you're performing on in an off-Broadway show, a lot of times you're getting a lot of other creatives and artists and people who might understand you doing something a little bit outside the box. For instance, I do a straitjacket escape that talks about my journey with my mental health. Um, that's something that I can do um, in New York or Los Angeles, um, but it's not as commercial or family friendly for a cruise ship. And so I learned for a cruise ship, you want things that are going to make people feel good. You want to make do things that are going to make people have a good time. They're on vacation. So it was about knowing what's going to work for families and kids on a big, big stage and what's going to work for people who want to see something that might be a little bit more avant-garde. So that's kind of the two experiences I've had with those different venues. So you said you did straight jacket and you, you added a personal touch to it about your mental health. Why would you do that? So magic, I tell a lot of people this, but magic is actually something that I say saved my life. And the reason why I say that is because in my 20s, I was struggling with my mental health. I was, um, I was having uh, a very hard time with panic attacks and things like that. And it kept me, my, my singing voice actually ceased to work. It, um, when sometimes when you get very anxious, you're, the muscles around your vocal cords can tense and it will cause your voice to not be able to work properly. So without being able to sing, I also needed to find something that was creative, that made me feel good. And magic made me feel like a performer again. It made me feel alive again in a lot of ways. And I was able to work through that and I was able to overcome that obstacle. And I know that there are so many people out there that are going through the same thing and feel too afraid to talk about it because it's so stigmatized. And I wanted to show that there is no, that there are other people struggling with the same thing as, as them. And there's nothing wrong with talking about it. And that through my magic, I could share with them that even though like in a straight jacket, which is a antiquated um, I, symbol that, meant, uh, that people think of when they think of mental illness, um, even in something like that, even when you feel like you're trapped in a very difficult place and you can't get out, there's still hope and there's still a way out. Because obviously when you escape out of the jacket, you're out of it, you're free. And so that's what I wanted, the message I wanted to tell other people and share that with them. Uh, your hands have appeared as Harry Houdini's hands on the Netflix show, uh, Who Was Show? What was yes. that like when Netflix called, called you? Uh, that was really a cool day. Um, so they wanted to find someone who had very specific looking hands. Um, and they called me and they asked me if I would be interested in doing it. And I said, I would love it. And so I got to be on set and I really was treated like a star. I got to, you know, sit next to the director and, and look in the camera and see what was going on. And, um, the, the young man who played Harry Houdini was so sweet and he asked me a lot of advice about being a magician and how to play a magician and things about Harry Houdini and asked me to show him some magic that maybe he could do. And they, they were gonna, they filmed some of that and then they ended up not using it. Um, but it was really cool because 
when I did the actual matrix, which you see in the show, uh, the, after the camera people filmed it and the director yelled cut, he said, how in the world did you do that? Like, I can't believe that that could happen without green screen. That's so wild. Um, and so I had that like fun experience of performing, you know, magic in front of the director and, and pulling him and also um, being able to be Houdini's hands and like go behind him and do all that. And that was super silly. And we had a lot of fun working on that. So it was a, just the best experience. So much fun. And thinking of Netflix, what do you think of all these different types of shows that are on there for magicians and stuff nowadays? I think it's amazing the amount of versatility that we're seeing on Netflix and other streaming platforms as far as magic and how much exposure magic is getting. You know, nowadays, people have such a wide array of magic that they've been exposed to, whether it's American Got Talent or any of the other worldwide Got Talent shows or if it's Penn and Teller. Um, and so one of the other things that I do as well, in addition to performing, is I teach magic to young children. And so I'm able to share all of these things with them and talk to them about all different types of magic, all different types of performers around the world that they may not have been able to see in their hometown. But now they get to see on TV, streaming on Netflix, everywhere. So I think that exposure is so incredible and it's really going to change the future of magic. What's it like when you teach all those kids the different magic stuff, like the stuff for them and what's the response you get from them? It's one of the best things because magic is so beneficial for children. It works on their fine motor skills. It works on their ability to do public speaking, to be able to think on their feet, um, especially, you know, if something happens to go wrong, I always talk about that. Um, and just be able to do something that they feel so proud of and that will amaze their family and friends. Um, and getting to watch those moments where they learn how to do the trick and then they get excited because now they have this new skill, it's unbelievable. Um, and then, you know, in addition to what you had asked me earlier, as far as being uh, a woman in magic, I did teach a class once to a group of little girls in a school. And I walked in and they, they introduced me as the magic teacher. And the little girl said to me, well, you can't be the magic teacher because all magic teacher, all ma magicians are boys. And so I got to explain to them that in fact, women can be anything that they want to be. And I am a magician and they can be magicians as well. And it changed their whole perspective. And so I had a room full of little magicians who might someday be the next David Copperfield. We, we don't know. So it was, it's one of the best things to get to teach the future of magic. And speaking of kids, what was the first one that you've ever learned? Oh, the first trick that I ever learned was the four jacks trick, which is the one where you put the four jacks, you take them off the top of the deck, and then you put them in the four different spots, and then they reappear at the top. Love that trick. You still teach it today. So fun and so, so clever. And it still pulls grownups, which I love. Okay. So finally, where can people find you besides your website, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram? So you can find me at Songstress of Magic on Instagram, as well as my website. And on YouTube, I'm also under Songstress of Magic. Okay, so thank you very much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me.